Good morning, it's your real estate guru on Real Estate Daily. And today's topic is how to win the offer. Here we are on January 3rd. We're already talking offers with people. It's back to business. It's the first business day of the, of the new year, 22. And I can already feel the tingling. Business is on fire yet once again. We are the third day into the 10-day challenge of putting a listing in your pocket. If you're participating in the 10-day challenge, we, you know, you have to work this every day. Remember, it's the recommendation is four days a week for 45-minute segments that you're working your business. We're not asking for eight hours a day. We're not asking for 10 hours a day. We're not asking for six or six hours a day. We're asking for four 45 minute segments to work on your business directly. Yes, it takes work, but it pays off big time. That kind of focus really pays off. The number one problem I see with agents that say they don't have businesses, they're not time blocking and spending time on their business regularly. Now, of course, I'd like to see you spending five days a week on this. I always value time off right along with you. It is important to take time off to clear your mind and have a life. You've got to have life going on. Okay, over to our, to our, our topic though for the day is how to win offers. This is a graduate level topic. We're going to hit this just a little bit this morning. But how to win an offer in this environment where you've got multiple offers coming. If you're in a multiple offer situation, how do you win the offer? You know, it's not so hard to win. Anybody can win an offer when there's no other offers sitting around and it's an old listing. At that point, the... The, the listing owner is just probably happy to get an offer. Sipping my coffee this morning, one moment. But that, for most of us, we're in multiple offer situations now. Where our seller is confronted with lots, lots of offers. You know, there, there might be anywhere from two to 30 offers. When you've got, let's just say, 10 offers on the table, how do you get your offer to stand out? I'd like to hear from you in the chat room. What are you doing to get your offer to stand out directly? Would like to hear from you on this. So here's some thoughts on this. As I said, this is more of a graduate level topic. But the first thing you have to do, remember the old-fashioned communication. We keep talking about communication, the multiple ways of communication. This is where you have to coach your client. You have to get the client up to speed in the market and ready to battle for the offer. Now, you, you, you don't want to go in there and make anybody uncomfortable. It's not that. But you are the professional. You're the one that's studying the market. You're the one, <coughs> excuse me, you're the one paying attention to the market on a daily basis. They're not. Uh, they might be paying attention to it now that they're taking a look at buying a home or selling a home. 
because this applies on either side, is which which offer do you tell your seller to accept? Slightly different topic, but similar in nature. But we're talking about a buyer right now. How do you ready your buyer in this market? Well, number one, it's coaching. Coaching in knowledge of the market. Every one of us have had clients who was looking at a $400,000 house and said, well, they want $400,000. I'll bid that down by $25,000. And you're thinking in your head, just a second. The average home like this gets bid up by $25,000. That's a $50,000 gap. So number one, coaching, bringing your, your client up in knowledge of the market so they know what to expect when they're going to put an offer in on a home. You can't walk in nowadays in the Portland market on a home that is priced right in the $400,000 range and think that you're going to get it for around the $400,000 range. It, it just generally isn't happening. You might get lucky, but generally isn't happening. You have to be willing to do something else. Now, that something else may not be money. You might get it for the $400,000, but what else did you bring to the table? For example, can you prepare your client? And this is going to take a little time with the lender. Can you prepare your client for a quick closing, maybe a 21-day closing? That's fast if you're looking at, at, at lender stuff. You're looking at FHA, VA, things like that, getting appraisers out there, inspections. You're going to have to have your dominoes lined up like crazy to, to show that you can pull this off. And when you offer something like that, you want to make sure that the seller knows what you have done in advance. That you've lined up the inspections. You have the lender on board. The appraising situation is possible to get someone out there and pull this off if you're offering a 21-day close. Because that can really put a cherry on top of a decent offer. Even if your offer isn't coming in you know, real high or something, you're showing that you can close a deal rapidly. Now, let's face it, sellers want their money. They have a motive, and getting to that motive is getting their home sold. So if they can truthfully and honestly feel that you are move, ready to move forward and you can close this thing in 21 days, a lower offer than someone else walking in, just using our $400,000 example, Say someone else is walking in at 425 and you're at 400, you still might win the day because someone else saying 45 or a 60 day close, or someone else walking in at a high price of four and a quarter with a contingency that they have to sell their own home and that process hasn't started yet. Look, I, I laugh a little because, you know. Come on, we, we, we do see this in the market where people make an offer and they ha you clearly they have not coached their client. They're on, they're on a, a, 
a buyer situation and they have to sell their home and they haven't even put their home on the market. You know, the offer is we will put the home on the market immediately upon an acceptance of our offer. That puts you in a multiple offer situation in a bad position. Of course, maybe you'll get lucky. People get lucky in life, and I, I do believe in some luck. Right, meanwhile, I'm sipping some of my Black Rifle coffee. Great coffee. So if, if, you, if you see a situation where someone else, and you're the seller and things are coming into you and they haven't put their home on the market, likely the, their client has not been coached well to get their home on the market in advance. Now, that's not always true because, you know, we can only make our clients do so much. But bringing people's knowledge up to speed in a market usually will turn turn that around so people realize, okay, I can put myself in a more powerful position by showing my home is already for sale. Maybe we're already accepting offers on the home because the offers can be contingent coming in upon them getting the home. So you can really, it can be set up quite well. But how do you put yourself in a position as a buyer's agent on getting and winning the offer in a multiple offer situation? Number one, coaching of the client and readying your client with the knowledge base of the market. That's number one. Number two is pre-arranging the lending not just a pre-qualification, but getting the lender on board with a faster close. So even if you're if you are coming in at a higher offer, doing a faster closing is hugely in your benefit. Again, the seller wants out. They want to finish this deal. And being able to finish the deal quick is in your benefit. Now, people will throw on the table here something I'm very against, and, I, and we'll talk about it for a minute. They'll throw on the table, they're waiving all inspections. Let me tell you, as your real estate guru, I'm very against this. I don't think that you're representing, the, that people who do this represent their client well. With a caveat, if your client is an investor and they're looking for a full-on remodel of that home it's possible that that many of the inspections won't matter at that point or they'll at least matter less so for most clients that are standard buyers they're going to be a homeowner they're going to li live in the home this is a big point of conversation and when I see things come across, and it's going to be an owner-occupied by the person that's purchasing it. So owner-occupied. And they're waiving all inspections. I'm concerned for their client. I'm very concerned for their client. Because that puts them in a bad position of knowledge. You can coach your client all day long on the market. 
You can coach your client all day long on getting pre-qualified and getting and having a great lender and being prepared for quick closings and having you know down payments and and not needing any additional assistance if possible. So really making yourself look good. But you can't coach people on what you don't know. And that is what comes out of a home inspection. On home inspections, I'm a firm believer that for standard buyers in the market, they need to have a solid home inspection. And they may not choose to to have things repaired, but they will have the knowledge of the condition of that home that they would not otherwise have. Notice how your coaching of the client cannot impact that part because you don't know it. I don't know it. I don't know what 123 Main Street has, has wrong with it. There's no way to know that. So waiving inspections, you could be putting your client in a very, very bad position. I don't, I have not seen liability coming back to the agent, but certainly I would worry about that. Something I would greatly worry of the personal liability if they shown that you were persuasive in coaching them to waive it to win the offer. And then all of a sudden there's a massive, you know, $30,000 mold problem going on in the home or, or, or worse things, you know, maybe the entire trunk line of the septic system going out to the city or the, the private septic system itself is in complete failure. These are radically expensive items. I mean, you talk about expense. You you can go anywhere from you know ten to fifty thousand dollars on these things, so it, it can rack up some dollars really really fast. So be careful using that kind of a tool. Now I have seen that people will say we will limit our exposure. Excuse me, we will limit the seller's exposure to not more than $2,000 on repair items. So they're going to have their inspection. This is a good tool. You're going to have your inspections. You're moving forward. And now you're saying we will not ask for more than X amount of dollars in repairs. Now, what that does is, what's hidden behind the scenes on this, the sellers look at this and say, oh, wow, okay. I figured I might I might have to fix a couple of things, but they're limiting my exposure. But on the buyer's side, what you're putting in place here is, is the buyer can walk away. The buyer can still walk away. They're not waiving inspections. They're simply saying they won't ask for more than a certain dollar amount, but that doesn't stop them from completely walking away from the negotiation table. That can be a very, very good thing to be put in place in a in the hot market that we're looking to go right back into this year in 22. The, the, you know, the market really hasn't slowed down hardly at all. Everybody, you know, well, excuse me, not everybody. 
A lot of homeowners pulled their house off the market starting in November, feeling that the, the holidays are a bad time to sell. And and that and, and we've talked about this in other shows. That is bad advice. The holidays can be a tremendously good time to sell a home, depending upon how you align your home, the seller's home, of course, the seller's home in the holiday market. The problem is most people don't change anything and they start limiting the exposure of when they're even willing to show something. So they kind of kill their own market. And at that point, they may as well have pulled their home off the market if they're going to be limiting it to that level. I, in the holiday time, that's when you want to decorate your home and showcase your home on how wonderful and fun the holidays can be. And that's why I was saying back during the holiday time, don't pull the home off the market. Showcase it. Show it off. And when the buyer comes in, they're looking around and saying, oh, my goodness, this is what holidays are like in this home. And they are so impressed. And you have the wonderful smells of the holiday and all of the decorations going on. And it, it is a wow factor for people. And they, it makes them have greater desire. You've risen the desire factor. Now, desire rarely goes to money. But it certainly plays into the hearts of the buyer that they want it more. Assets go to money. So when someone asks you, and this is not the show for this, but when they ask you about, well, if I if I remodel my bathroom, how much more will that get for me? Probably nothing. It it goes to desire where people want will want it more, but they won't want to pay more for it. Adding a bathroom to the house, that's different. That will bring in dollars often, not every time, depending on how many bathrooms you currently have. If you have one bathroom and you're adding a second bathroom, you're adding dollars. If you have two bedrooms and you're adding a third bedroom to the house, you're adding value. If you have uh, a kitchen and you're simply remodeling it back to bring it back up to speed, you're adding desire. So how to win the offer? Try to make it where there are no stumbling blocks between your offer and completing the close. So the more things you can line up, even show them in the offer that you are prepared to move forward early with inspections. You haven't, you've already contacted inspectors. Now, there is something in Oregon that I need to announce going on. There are no more love letters for winning the offer allowed. That started on the first of this year. The love letters are out. These were wildly popular for years, decades. And you know, I say years and years, absolutely decades. The love letters have been going on where people write in a letter to the seller and say how well their family will fit in the home and the honor it would be to have the family. You know, this is a family home and they will honor everything going on and how much they love the current garden. And, you know, they, they, they draw those 
those distinctions between the families trying to make the family ties with someone they really don't know, but they're trying to draw on, on the heartstrings of the seller. These letters are, are ruled out. The Oregon legislature has decided these letters should not be used because they go towards protected classes. I've read tons of these letters. Number one, we have no idea if these letters are even true. I mean, you can have a little faith in humanity and think that people generally will be, will be honest, but you really don't know. You don't know what's going on with the letters. Number two, the problem is true. They deal with, you know, Oregon has 29 protected classes, and they always go down the path of protected classes, which is increasing liability across the board if they don't win the offer. Because they can say, it's because you now know that, you know, whatever the protected class is. The letters often would start off something like, we came and visited your home three days ago, and me, my disabled husband, and three children loved it. Okay, well, th- th- we're, we're one sentence into it, and we've already called upon multiple protected classes. Marriage. She said husband. Uh, disability. Her husband was disabled. Maybe she said disabled veteran, something like that. that another protected class, veteran status. Children. Protected class. So we already have you know, three, four protected classes that we're calling upon in the first sentence. And this is how they all are written of this type of nature. And if they don't win the offer, the potential liability is that they would say, we didn't win it because you are discriminated against these protected classes. This is why the Oregon legislature decided for everybody's liability Let's stop this process. And lots of, of agents out there already were, were, were coaching their, their sellers and saying, you really should think about not reading these letters. And this has been going on for years. At, but we don't have to worry about that. I mean, we're coaching or not. It simply is against the law to submit these letters, articles of this nature. That doesn't stop you in the offer from saying things like you've lined up an inspector because that has nothing to do with the old-fashioned love letter that was out there. You're simply stating a fact that we have inspectors lined up, we have quick closings lined up, so on and so forth. You know, there's another thing going on out there where people are out there researching. They learn the names of people and they start researching on Facebook who the people are and I would encourage people to not do this. I don't think we can ever stop people from doing it because it is the nature of humanity to want to know. Okay. How do you win the offer for me and how I coach my agents how to win an offer? Number one, you want to know the market and you're coaching your people extraordinarily well to understand the market. So when you walk in, you can have a real number that represents the client, your client, their desire for their home, the home, and you have pre-qualified them for a quick closing. 
right out of the gate. Boom. You coach them. They understand the market. Escalation clauses. We'll talk about those in a second. You've coached them. They have knowledge of the market and they have pre-qualifications with quicker closings, whether that's 30 days, 21 days, whatever you can pull off with your lender. Number three, and the final one I want to get to here, escalation clauses. Before I fully talk about escalation clauses, we have an event coming up on the 5th, the 5th of January for members only. You'll, you will need to subscribe to the channel to see the members only, where we are going to take a deep dive into the market conditions and what's going on. You won't want to miss this. This is going to be amazing. You absolutely won't want to miss it. That's coming up on January 5th. All you have to do is subscribe. There's no cost, but you do have to subscribe for it. And, be, and, that, and that will be listed as the members only event. Also, I would love it if you would smash the like button. That is so meaningful. That, that gives us some feedback as to whether people are liking it or not. Also, send me some feedback as to what, what topics would you like to hear starting off this year? I mean, we're in our 10-day challenge right now. We're three days into our 10-day challenge, and, and that is going extraordinary. But what would you like to hear to build your business as we are in the first business day of 22 and things are already on fire. All right, escalation clauses. I personally believe another sweet way to, to make a nice offer where you have an escalation clause. Now, there are problems with escalation clauses. There, there's no question about it. And people treat them, some people treat them differently. Some people look at it as okay. Well, you have an es you offered four hundred thousand. You have an escalation clause up to four hundred and ten thousand dollars. I'm simply going to counter and say I'll take the four ten. That rarely works because that's not the reason people did an escalation clause. They did it because they would like to win, but they'd like to be honorable about it, and not pay you know blindly more than another person so much. They know they're in a multiple offer situation and they don't mind going up some. Mostly, 90% of the time, I've had great success with escalation clauses. I rarely show our my client's hand for more than $10,000. But you have to choose your own comfort level and have this discussion with your client that the offer will go up, I usually say, in $1,000 increments. So if their offers beat out, they'll go up by $1,000. And they simply have to prove that by showing the front page of another offer and by, without revealing any confidences. They can block things out as needed. So it goes up in $1,000 increments to beat somebody else out. And it's a strong path in winning an offer. Now, I have seen some escalation clauses that threw $50,000 in the escalation. I think that's, for, you know, and we're talking about the $400,000 house level here. I mean, if you're at a million-dollar place, it's, it's different. So at the $400,000 house level, that kind of an escalation clause, probably you're showing your hand a little too much. But 
it's not that it's wrong. And this is a conversation you have to have in advance with your client. If you plan to use an escalation clause and it's a powerful tool to use, you want to coach them as to how it would work. I would pull the form out and actually go over the form with them on what does it look like, what is the meaning of it, and what are the expectations coming out of this kind of a kind of negotiation. This shows your prowess in negotiation. It shows your ability and knowledge of the market, and you can support it with CMAs and other market analysis as to why they could go up higher. Now, you've also got to arrange this with the lender to make sure that they're lending, a, they are not going higher than their lending ability. I mean, obvi these are obvious things, but needs to be stated. You don't want to go in the escalation clause higher than what they can become qualified to do. So keeping it within the client's cap Really important for obvious reasons. You don't want to, you know, go, go go beyond. So escalation clauses, though, can be a powerful tool to bid in at one level, but capture the distance of another level as you go up. And we have we have won some of these where it never had to go up, and I was a little surprised that they didn't go up any because we were in a multiple offer situation. And I don't know for sure that we were the highest offer, but we had offered a quick closing. And it's quite possible that turned the key by itself and never had to interact with the, the acceleration clause to, to move it on up. So, all right. Wow, that is a lot going on. We have so much happening. I'm looking forward to hearing from each of you on the 10-day challenge. We're in day three of it. The goal is to put a listing in your pocket by the end of the first 10 days of the year and put a buyer in your pocket. Two deals, 10 days, could be $20,000 in your pocket. All right. I am your real estate guru. This is Real Estate Daily. We will talk soon.